This Arrow FM podcast was brought to you with the support of New Zealand On Air. Hey legend, welcome to World Domination. I'm your host Monica Ferguson, New Zealand girl mindset coach here to help you thrive, to help you heal, to help you overcome all those old feelings of unworthiness and fear and limits and doubts and help you to step into the greatness that you are literally created for. I bring you amazing people from all around the world to inspire and empower you. So let's get into it. Hey, hey, beautiful people. Welcome to this week's episode featuring Lorraine Hamilton, who helps brilliant women become wildly successful without compromising who they are. And in this week's episode, we're talking about how to find your self-worth and your validation and your happiness within yourself, how to manage your own pain and feelings and trauma and all those things that can come up in a way that actually helps us to move forward, that helps to empower us. I know you guys are going to get so much out of this episode and Lorraine is going to be back for more. So make sure you send me your questions and your aha moments and stay tuned. Lorraine Hamilton, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a little minute. I know. I don't even want to think about how long it has been. Like, I feel like time, just years are flying by. Like, it still feels like 2020. Yeah. Well, I wrote a book since it was last year. And that book was featured in our last episode. It was a great book, by the way. Everyone should go and read it. I actually made TikToks about that book when it came yes. out. You did. So you, did great supporter. you had to be, given that we birthed the book the last time I was on the podcast. So you're giving me way too much credit. I love that I can just be a smart ass and then amazing things come from it. Like, <laughs> and I do none of the work. I just throw out sassy remarks and then, yeah, it works for me. It works for me. <laughs> well, it, wor- it worked for the book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, our, our focus this episode will be creating your next book title, which I already made a joke about. Um, <laughs> and you've got no, you know, nothing to do and you're not busy at all so you know in your abundant free time you can just write a new book yeah okay I have an idea for the next book but no no bandwidth okay okay, cool um so today's topic is going to be really interesting because both of us work a lot with women across a variety of sectors and I love this stuff this topic is so important and I love looking at it from women and in the New Zealand culture, because I didn't really realize how different the New Zealand culture is. It'd be cool to hear about, you know, your home culture as well, like in relation to this. Um, because like, and my mum moved to America many years ago and we've often had chats about the difference in terms of, you know, how the, the American culture is very much like you're celebrated for having big goals and ambition and being loud and being seen and being different and standing on your own. And here it's the exact opposite. So the timing of this is so good. Like we were just saying before the podcast started, I just had two of my best friends here, literally just pushed them out the door before we recorded this. Um, and we were all talking about friends that we have in our lives right now who are lovingly, let's call them emotional vampires and it's simply just like people that haven't learned right how to fill their own cup up, how to manage their own happiness. They're not really taking responsibility for that stuff yet, usually because they don't have the tools and they don't know how. And so much of this is what we've been taught, right? So like, where do we even start with this? 
Well, I mean, what we're really talking about here is this need for external validation that we can't internally validate. We don't know when we're good enough. And, and really that it boils down to another, another slice of that not good enough pie. Um, specifically with women though, I think we have to look at the, the generational conditioning that we've been subjected to. So yes, things are changing. It's great that things are changing, but we're all still living with that generational conditioning of how we, we're told how to be as girls growing up. It's not we're told what to do or shown what to do. We're told how to be. And that's a very different thing. So, you know, be quiet, be pretty, be nice, be whatever, you know, be good. And um, so we're constantly receiving that feedback of are we being the way that society expects us to be. And when that's taken away and at some point you go, well, I can choose to be however I want to be. Some of us fare better than others without that very bit structure around us with people saying, no, this is right. This is wrong. And, and so then there's this need for constant external validation, which can show up like, neediness or um a lack of confidence or as you're describing you know that emotional vampire you know you get tell me tell me what when I'm enough yeah yes and I've noticed so much of it is like projection too it's really interesting to see where the assumptions that people make like if you're busy they all of a sudden all these insecurities come out and it's like, oh, you're not talking to me because you think that I'm not good enough. I'm like, hold up. I'm just busy. Like, I'm here, you know, but it, it's that. And it's really interesting understanding those thought processes, like processes that people have. And I get it. I was like that for so long, so mm. deeply insecure. And it's why I go on and on about self-worth so much because I looked to everyone to validate me and to tell me that I was worthy and that I was pretty enough and that I was smart enough. And to to wait for this magical feeling where it was like, ah, oh, I've made it. I'm actually enough. And it took me a long time to figure out that that had to come from me. <laughs> like no one coming into your life saying you've made it. Here's your official certificate. You are enough. You are good enough. That's never going to happen. It's all subjective, right? So it's like yeah. we're, not, we're not we're not taught how to do this. <laughs> no, and when and when somebody does give you that validation that you can't embody yourself, then that leads us down the imposter syndrome path and all of that. So yeah, mm. it's, it's a really, it's, it's very real for a lot of women. So whenever I speak to groups of women, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taught that. And yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I do look for external validation, but how do we start to unravel that and, and, and create that internal validation, that that real sense of certainty within ourselves that mm. when all around us is uncertain, which of course we've all been living in for the last three years and then some, um, is how can I come back to me and at least be certain of me? And that's something that we haven't yeah. been taught as, as women or anyone really there's very few people that were taught how to get back to yourself and that becomes the lifelong journey yeah 
Yeah. So what are the ways that you suggest? And also, what do you do for yourself? What was your process for you to, to really sort of bring this into your life? Uh, I, I think it was like going to the end degree and basically having a breakdown and then finding my way back. Um, you know, like many of people who do the work that we do, Monica, we've got our own story. There's a reason that we're so passionate about it. And, yeah. and that, that's my story. It's very similar to yours. There was such a, a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-esteem that really reached a crunch point in, in my late twenties that I had to, start from scratch again and so mm. since then it's been a, a process of learning this stuff for myself and then sharing it and and sort of scratching my head going why aren't we teaching our kids this why yes. why don't they know this stuff yeah um to come back to your your earlier question though on the on the how uh, the way that or the place that I start with my clients and the women that I work with is always coming back and giving an experience of, you know, what are your values? What are the things that are important to you? And that can be a very difficult question to answer, particularly mm. when you have that generations of family values being passed through families um, and never being questioned. So, you know, what's right for your your parents is not necessarily what's right for you. And if they've never questioned it, then are they carrying down the values from their grandparents, your grandparents? And so it goes on. And we realize that we can be carrying these same core values that were developed or chosen or accepted or or um embodied a very different time to the way that we are living now yet without questioning them what tends to happen is that we just end up feeling conflicted and then that doesn't take long for the spiral to come down of i don't feel the way i'm supposed to feel i'm supposed to feel this this is supposed to be important to me it doesn't feel like that there's something wrong with me Mm -hmm. And we're back needing that external validation. So the first, the first step that I always take is giving my clients an experience of really discovering what their values are for them, not just what they've been told by their family, their culture, their church, their teachers, their mentors is important. They really get to choose that for themselves. Yeah. It's so good. Self-awareness is so powerful, isn't it? And I love that because in the spaces that we're in, it always requires going against the grain. Like we get these bold women who want to make waves and want to do these amazing things and they have these dreams. And that's the first thing that comes up, right? Like, I mean, sort of the imposter syndrome stuff, but also what are other people going to think? And it's really interesting, like looking at our culture and this whole tall poppy thing and how you know, like my, my coach always says to me, you know, we love successful people, but we don't love people we know being successful. And mm. that's it. And we, we clap for, you know, people when they're winning, like the All Blacks or whatever, but they get booed in the airport when they've lost. And it's like, it really doesn't inspire us to want to be bold or seen or visible or amazing, does it? Like, if we feel, yeah. feel like we're going to get criticized or, <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that, you know, th there's a process that I work with clients on and, you know, there's that discovery work 
long before we start talking about what their goals are. But when we do get to that sort of midpoint and we start to develop their vision, their calling, what it is that they're here to do, we then have to back that up with, okay, well, what impact is that going to have? Your your visibility is going to increase. So let's look at that now before it happens and Mm. you start to retreat because it's something that we have to take into account. We're not there are not so many of us who are ready to stand up and be scrutinized. And that's what we're asking for when we step into bigger work, when we step into our callings. And so we need to address it at the outset. And it also brings me into like the work of balancing the nervous system, because that's really what we're yeah. talking about here. And, you know, too far one way and we end up in that that place of I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be as good as the people around me because we compare all the time too far the other way. And it's, you know, I'm better than everybody else and you can't criticize me. Whereas right bang in the middle mm-hmm. when your your nervous system is balanced, that's where we can we can share, we can grow, we can collaborate And we're so grounded in ourselves and certain of ourselves that there is enough for everyone that we can raise everybody up uh, rather than either feeling not good enough or that we're better than other people. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the ways that you help people regulate their nervous system? Yeah, great question. Um, first First of all, it's about breathing. So really yes. about about balancing the breath. So I do a lot of of gentle breath work in my coaching with with my clients. So either just getting into a balanced state so that we're dropping out of the head and more into the body. Uh, but also there are simple breath techniques for moving from one side to the other. So if we feel like the parasympathetic nervous system has been activated. So that's that sense of feeling a bit hopeless, feeling a bit down and depressed by breathing in a little bit more air than we're exhaling. So, you know, a longer inhale than exhale, that can breathe in a little bit of energy to that kind of um, sensation. And similarly, if the sympathetic nervous system has been activated and we're feeling that fight flight, then that's when we want to lengthen the exhale more than the inhale a little bit. So just like bring us back down, just breathe out. Um, But generally an even inhale and exhale is how I'll start coaching sessions because my clients come, they're busy, they've got whatever's been going on for them in that day and I want them to leave that behind and we can really get into what are they feeling. I'm much more interested in what they're feeling than what they're thinking. a lot yeah. of embodiment practices and in, in the work that I do. Yeah, love that. Coming into the body is such a powerful thing. Like it's so yeah. basic that it seems like that couldn't possibly be, you know, effective. Breathe properly, learn how to breathe properly, bring your focus into your body, into your senses. So powerful. That has got me out of so many issues so many times. Like you're having a meltdown and you feel not safe and it's like, actually, in this moment, I am safe. And I think this is stuff that's so important. Like I know we talked about, um, you know, this idea of coaches sort of coaching themselves as well. And it's so important, I think, for people to understand that this is, 
these are strategies that we all have to use on a regular basis. It's not like you crack personal development and you hit your goals and you have no issues and you never experience fear or doubt or insecurity. It's like far from it. I think the bolder you get, the bigger your goals become, the more you have to grow and evolve into that version of yourself. So it's like, this is just a constant, like learning yeah. to, to regulate your fear and your insecurities and, and like rewriting the stories. Right. Um, and that was something that helped me. I mean, I'm big into mindset, obviously. So like after we sort of calm our nervous system, like the story, looking at the story that I'm telling myself is so useful. Um, and remembering, like understanding what fear is, you know, like a the, the stories that I used to tell myself, like the sky is falling, you know, it's the end of the world. Like I'm done. I'm going to die. I'm under a bridge and you know, all this sort of stuff. But it's like, I feel like the more times that you go through a situation that's triggering, that feels scary and you navigate yourself through it, the more confidence you build. And so then the next wave comes and you're like, Oh no, I've got this. I know this is going to pass. I know this is simply my body telling me, Oh, we've vacated the comfort zone. And now I actually get excited when I hit a scary thing. I'm like, yes, the next level. Here we go. Right. <laughs> yeah. 100%. You know, and, and I love that you described it as a weave because it is a weave. But when we've been brought up to avoid feelings of fear, you know, don't mm. be scared. Don't be sad. Don't be angry. When we get those first sensations of those emotions, we go into panic mode and have to distract ourselves and go, oh, I'm not supposed to feel that way. So there's something yes. wrong with me. And what happens is that we never have that experience of the wave. So if you think about a pos positive, I'm, I'm saying in quotes because I don't really believe in positive and negative emotions. But if you if you imagine a more pleasant emotion for a better description of happiness, for example, something has to happen to trigger that happiness. And then the feeling starts to build and it doesn't just keep on going and going and going or we'd never get anything done. You know, at some point it levels off and we come back down to that baseline of where we were before the trigger that made us happy. Well, the same thing happens for fear, for sadness, for anger. But because we're taught that it's not right to experience those things, and that comes from a very beautiful place of people who love us who know how uncomfortable those feelings are and they don't want us to experience that discomfort but we get told don't feel these things so we never experience the fact that yes that feeling will grow and it will be uncomfortable but it will level off and you will survive and so the next time you experience that maybe it's not so intense or maybe it doesn't last so long and you build that experience of this is familiar. I'm going to survive. I don't need to prepare my fight flight and I can get through this <laughs> yeah. and I can grow from this. But again, we don't get taught that. Oh, I know it's crazy. And it's crazy how quickly that feeling passes when it's given permission to be felt like when you just sit and you go, okay, I feel really scared. I feel like trash right now, whatever. And you honor yourself. And this is self-love in action, right? It's not necessarily bubble baths. It's like loving yourself enough to feel all the feelings that you feel. Because, of course, we're all worthy of that. Um, it is wild how quickly that feeling passes or how a good cry session can solve almost every problem. And it blows my mind how nothing in the physical world needs to change. 
But me simply honoring my own emotions just makes me feel better. And I'm always saying this to my clients as well. You know, it's never about the thing. Like so often, right? Like the trigger, someone says something and we get so angry and we're like, oh, screw her. She did this. It's like, but it's not her. What did it trigger underneath you? And then there's so much wisdom for us. Like, oh, it triggered a feeling of not being good enough. Okay, cool. Let's work on that. Let's, you know, I mean, so much growth can happen in such a short period of time, right? It's just mind blowing. I love this emotional intelligence. These conversations are incredible. Yeah, no, I love it too. And and coming back to that, you know, quieting the nervous system, it's it also then allows us to tap into things like our purpose and our intuition, which we can't do when we're in our head all of the time. So when all of that chatter is going on in our head and we're not connected to our body, we can't actually access the, the whispers of that wisdom. So really stepping in and, and you know, I, I say that, you know, coaching has to go beyond mindset. For a long yeah. time, it's been all about mindset, but it has to now evolve into something beyond mindset. And when I evolved my coaching to to work more in embodiment and change people's perspectives by not working in the facet that the problem exists in, the yeah. change happens so fast. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. Yeah. I love this too. I mean, Tony Robbins speaks about this a lot, right? Like state. And it's the state that we're being, not what we're thinking. I mean, they all work together, obviously, but it's like, I, I totally agree with you. The, um, and I, I love like boxing, right? That can change my state. Doesn't matter how stressed out or dancing or singing, all these things like move energy out of my body. And there's something so powerful, like singing. I mean, not everyone sings, right? But when you're home alone and you sing a good Sia song or something that really resonates so loud, it like it ejects it out of your body and it, it makes you feel powerful to use your voice. And it's like, I may not have done anything in terms of thought process or beliefs, but the very act of showing up for myself like that, I feel like that um, it builds self-love, right? It builds self-worth. It's the embodiment of self-worth. It's not just sitting around talking about say positive affirmations to yourself that you don't believe right now, but actually show up for yourself in a way that starts to really integrate that deep down, which is obviously where it's powerful. But we're not talking about it. It's <laughs> so empowering to learn just some of these techniques. And it doesn't need to be, oh, I need to go and, you know, go to a dance class or run a marathon or just simply by moving your body in a different way or even moving your eyes in a different way will mm. change what you start to think about and it will change how you feel. So it doesn't have to be a massive grand gesture. And by recognizing that, you can do that for yourself. How empowering is that to feel like I'm in control of how I feel in this moment? And again, coming back to what we started the conversation um, around Monica, around this idea of internal validation and external validation, well, you can start to feel much more in control of how you're feeling in any given moment. That's internal validation right there, building that up. Yes, I love that so much. And I think actually one of the conversations that came up today, a friend of a friend, so she was, you know, she'd been talking about, I need to say this, I need them to change, I need them to do that in order for me to feel empowered. And my friend was like, that's 
totally back to front. Actually, no, it's not about them at all, right? The empowerment is what we do internally. And this is what has blown my mind over the years. My trusty old journal, battered and bruised, that thing has taken some serious hits. But the amount of stuff that I can shift without ever engaging with someone else. Like mm. even if I think I feel sad because of you, I'm only upset because you said this. No, it's, it's never that. It's always because it's triggered something that was in, within me. And it's actually not fair for me to blow up at someone for saying something that often nine times out of 10 was not malicious at all. It was simply, it just hit a nerve in me. That's a me issue. It's nothing to do with them. And like, that's the power, right? And then I can like absolutely self-soothe, look at ways that I can support myself and then t- approach it from a totally different angle, which is way more empowered, way more self-aware where I've grown as a human. And I'm aware like, oh, there's actually a bit of a, a soft point there. Like I, you know, I need to add some more support for myself in this particular area. <laughs> yeah. But that also in, introduces a question that I don't have the answer to. Okay. So <laughs> we're brainstorm this out together because when you blame somebody else for something that they've done, then you, I believe that you are exactly as you've described, you're giving them the power you're not mm. choosing to to keep your power and go, how can I look at this differently? Yeah. And for the most part, that's what I try to do. It's it's what I teach and instill in my clients. When do we take too much responsibility though? That's that's my question. Because yeah, we could go so far where we never hold anyone to account for what they do. Yeah. So I guess that's that's the piece. It's like, where do you find that boundary for yourself? Yeah. Do you know what? This is a question I've asked myself so many times over the years <laughs> because I got all into the self-responsibility and I did. I'd find myself taking too much responsibility and blame, like blaming myself. Like it went too far the other way. So there is a really delicate dance, isn't there? And I think it's getting to the point of neutrality where you – can sort of ease your own trigger and then you can approach a situation being like, actually, no, that was unfair what they said. But from that state of being empowered, that's when we can actually have conversations in a way that's beneficial, which is not us just yelling at everyone to go and screw themselves, you know, because we're angry. We're not coming at it from pain. And case in point, this was something that, um, Probably one of my proudest achievements in my whole like personal development journey has been healing the relationship with my mum. And we had a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of horrible stuff, you know, that we came through. It never really got addressed. She moved overseas many, many, many years ago after my brother died. So it was just like we never really resolved stuff. And the, the further I went on my own personal development journey, the more I realized like, oh, damn, there are some wounds here, you know, like abandonment, rejection, all these things. And I was blaming her for them. And I, you know, the more that I understood about the subconscious mind and like belief systems, I was like, I'm just projecting this on everyone. Like there is forgiveness work required. There's healing work required. Um, but I want to do it from a space that's not me blaming, even though these things that happened to me weren't fair. Um, it also wasn't her fault as such. Like she was wounded. She did the best that she could. So it's like, I did all that work on my own. And then I reached out to her and I sent a massive message and it was like a 45 minute voice message. Like literally this is self-worth in action. This is the power of it. 
I got to that point where I was like, you know what, I'm actually worthy of being heard and like having space held for me like that. And I, 2am one morning, couldn't sleep, got inspired, right, just recorded into my phone, 45 minutes, speaking into everything that I'd never felt able to say. Um, But it was done in a way that was very much a, hey, this is just insight into where I'm at. And I don't even need you to respond. I just want you to hear it. And then I want to draw a line in the sand and move forward. And she came back with like the most grace I've ever seen a human have. And we totally rebuilt our relationship. The conversation was like, oh my God, there's all this stuff that we haven't spoken about. How do we grow together? How do we rebuild our relationship? What do we each need? And it's better than it's ever been. And I'm like, I love that because it's, when we both took responsibility for our sides, you know, and it's like you're working as a team and trying to understand each other instead of you've hurt me, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, that's never going to help anyone. But it's just like that was, and I've done that with several relationships like that where I could have just held on to resentment forever. But I'm like, that's not actually what I want, you know, but it's, um, that's the power of this internal work and, and taking responsibility for our own stuff. And, you know, if everyone listening, like, let's be real, I've also had some massive rage moments where I've been like, you know, angry at the world and like, why do I have to do all this work? And, you know, but, you know, I just, I trust the process. And it's like, this is the power that we have instead of being, you know, resentful and blaming and angry. It's like, we can totally transform any situation. And I think it's, um, it's so important, isn't it, for us all of all of um all of us who are on this path of growth of having big goals and stuff like that, we need to learn how to manage our triggers and our fears because they're just gonna keep coming. The bolder we are, we're gonna have more stuff to navigate. And so when we can like treat it with grace and love our love on ourselves and just go, Okay, cool, here's another growth provoking experience, you know? Uh, amongst obviously all the other emotions that we need to feel, it's like the whole game changes. Like it truly does. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. First of all, congratulations, well done on on taking that step and and reconciling with your mum. That's a great story. So yeah, thanks for letting me be a little voyeur in this podcast and uh, <laughs> hearing that story. But yes, you're absolutely right. And I think again, it comes back to those layers of understanding what your values are to begin with and what your definition of those words means to you. And then from there, you can start to add in those boundaries and make those judgment calls because it is unique to you. Your, your whole experience, your human experience is unique to you. So you have to get to know yourself in order to be able to drive your experience. 100%. And that is a wrap. Thank you for showing up for yourself, for being here. And please let me know your aha moments. I want to hear all about them. For extra support, make sure you're following me on TikTok and Instagram at the Monica Ferguson. Check out the School of Greatness for self-study courses. And of course, if you want one-on-one mentoring, just DM me and I would love to have a chat with you. Go and slay the day. Thank you for being you. See you soon.